0: Hi, this is Nikki Klein from Battlestar Galactica, and you're listening to Galactica Quorum. It's a fracking podcast.
1: Previously on the Galactica Quorum. I'm going to miss Callie. I really liked her. I mean, even though they didn't do a lot with her, she still was a really good character.
2: I think people will remember this episode because of Callie and just a lot of the things that happened. And it, it started and ended a
1: lot. I think Nikki Klein did a fantastic job Definitely in that episode. That was a good swan fantastic. song performance, yeah. you know, yeah. no doubt.
0: was probably the hardest I've ever done. It was kind of like Kenny from South Park, like, oh my god, they almost killed Callie!
2: (laughs) (laughs) Hello, and welcome to the Galactica Quorum. This is episode number 45. I'm Brian, and with me today is... Michelle! We have a website that's GalacticaQuorum.com. On our website, we have forums, we have all our old episodes that you can listen to. It has links to iTunes and some other RSS links, so you can listen to our podcast. If you want to find our podcast in iTunes, just type in Galactica and Quorum. I know Quorum is hard to spell. That's part of our email as well. Our email is gquorum at gmail.com, and that's spelled G-Q-U-O-R-U-M. And we have a voicemail, 206-350-6756. And we have a Facebook page, so join us on Facebook. We don't have a regular episode to discuss this week. In the U.S., the show was taking a week off, but we do have a special treat. We have an interview we did with Nikki Klein, Callie herself. We'll forego voicemails and emails for this show. We'll save them for our next show where we talk about the latest Battlestar episode. just want to get right to the Nikki interview, so here it is. So, we have Nikki Klein on the phone with us. It's great to talk with you. Hello. Hello. And I guess condolences or I don't know what you would say (laughs) now that your character is killed off. Although it must be strange because in a way, since you filmed that scene months and months ago, you probably had a, a send off from the crew. And then now the fans that follow the show have seen it. And now they are giving you sympathy as well. So you've gone through it like two waves of this kind of thing.
0: You know, it was very strange, and I I think it was hard in the beginning to really have that full closure because even when I spoke to some friends or people in general, I really wasn't allowed to say obviously that my character had died and had to be kind of vague about what I was doing. And I, I'd say to people, "Well, you know, I'm just I'm not in this episode, and I've been doing other things." Yeah, they let me go away for a bit or you know, whatever, and make up stories. So it wasn't really that fun having that secret for so long. And I think because of the writer's strike... Well, on the one hand, the writer's strike was really good because I just told people that I wasn't working because of that. But then when that ended, I think it prolonged even the season coming out and and my character dying on TV. So it was a relief, and it was kind of another wave. I was actually... In Germany at a convention when the show aired and luckily no one there saw it. So I thought that was going to be really awkward if I was doing a Q&A session and some people asked me about it and they'd ruin it for everyone. But I guess everyone was so involved with the festivities that no one there looked online or found out because they don't get the episodes at the same time as we do in the US. But yeah, over here, there was a huge response and all very supportive, at least the stuff I read. I don't really go on forums and look up nasty things that people write. So I thought it was very nice. And so many people said such wonderful things about their experience of the character and the show and the story. And and, and it was cool. And then I felt like, okay, I can move on now. I can tell people what's going on in my life. And yeah, it's been good.
1: I have to say, that was probably one of the best episodes I've seen with your character. I mean, you did a fantastic oh, thank job. thank you. Yeah. Your acting in that episode was fantastic.
0: Thank you. I was really excited that, you know, if you're going to die, you want to go out in style. So
1: right. <laughs> I, w-
0: I was happy to have all that stuff to work with.
2: Well, considering all that your character went through in one of the early episodes of season one, I believe it was nearly killed off. They originally intended to kill Kelly off in the episode where she was shot and bit the ear off the guy. <laughs> and so... Yes. Dodged a lot of bullets. You nearly killed off there. You were shot at on New Caprica. You were put in a launch tube once before, shot out into space. At some point, where you are thinking, I, I'm running out of lives here. I don't know what's going to happen.
0: I know. It was kind of like Kenny from South Park. Like, <laughs> oh, my God, they almost killed Callie. <laughs> <laughs> like, every time there was some, like, close call... But in a way, I think that was a good setup because she had survived so many dramatic experiences. I think maybe people felt a little safer about her ability to persevere and then not this time. Yeah. Hopefully it was a surprise.
2: Yeah. And it was a a good exit. It seemed fitting. Some people have mentioned that it fit the story. It was necessary for the story. And that's what you can really ask for is that your character fits into the story. And for it's exactly. for a reason. I
0: knew that it wasn't because I'd been a, a diva on set or made too many demands, you know, right. <laughs> or screwed anything, anything up too badly, it really did support what was going on in in the rest of the show. And, and I think was was certainly justified for for the character.
2: So when you got the call from Ron Moore and David Icke and you learned that it was going to happen, was there a big span of time between that call and when you shot the episode? So did you have to stew on it for a little while? Did you have an episode in between where you had to shoot and then have to act knowing that... Because some of the actors now, they're counting down to the end of the series. And for them, it was like they know that episode 20 of this season is their last. Did you come about it a different way thinking well, my last episode is one episode away, so this will be the last time I do this or the last time I do that.
0: Yeah, I did, you know, I think for a while I kind of was in denial a little bit or at least tried to really play it cool. Like, no, I think it's great. I I mean, in general in my life, I think I, I like to see the positive side of things, but sometimes at the sacrifice of really experiencing what it means to... And the show that I've been a part of for five years and no longer work with people who I formed really, really great relationships with. And, and so when I finally did go to start shooting and I did shoot one episode before the death episode and I don't really remember much about that. It was kind of just like any other, any other episode, but the whole process of doing the final one was pretty great. It was almost like doing a movie. The director and I worked very closely and brainstormed about different ideas and symbolism that we wanted to use. I think he's very, Michael Mankin is very creative and used like this really cool camera to get that kind of ethereal feel in some of the shots. I thought it was really well executed in that way. And it was neat to get so much to work on, because Kelly really hasn't had that much attention in in one episode. But it was strange. I mean, you never really know what it's going to be like until it happens. And it was sort of surreal that it would be over. You know, like, I think that was until the very last scene was sort of like, pretending like it was every other day, but, and then it was just over. So...
2: Well, for what it's worth, I don't think we've seen The Last of Callie. At least I hope not. I'm hoping that they brought back Kate Vernon to play Head Ellen. So I would like to see a Head Callie, maybe Chief Caesar or better yet. She she torments Tori until Tori goes insane. I think that'd be great.
0: I like it.
2: We'll petition for that. Of course, now that we said it, we'll do it.
0: Sounds good.
2: Now, you've been involved with the show since the very, very beginning, the miniseries, and then you had the season one, two, and the webisodes. Do you see those as different eras or any of them stand out as being different to you or is there a particular time that stands out as a really good memory?
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's amazing to me that it's been 5 years. Like it's really hard to believe. I've never had any any job for that long acting or otherwise. I mean besides school, I don't know that I've committed to anything for that anything in my life for that long either. So It's really cool to have that consistency to measure how I feel about myself and where I'm at in my life, like how I relate with people and have that same thing that I can see, wow, I feel really different filming now than when I did in the miniseries or even just interacting with people or my approach to work or my approach to acting has changed so much. I think I was... 19 or maybe had just turned 20 when I began the miniseries and of course like everyone I had no idea what it could become and what it was to become but I also you know was very innocent I guess in a lot of ways not that I'm jaded in any way now but like lacked a lot of experience in the industry and working on a television show so it's been a very big kind of growth process for me and a big part of growing up during that age, which I think is really cool. Like I look so young when you look at the miniseries and I find it really ironic that I'm the one with the baby because I'm still like the baby on the show, (laughs) but it's good because in other acting roles, I mostly do like high school parts still. So (laughs) I'm happy that I was able to like grow up a little bit on the show and get credit for that, you know?
1: We're gonna miss Callie. We loved Callie. She was a great character. Yeah (laughs) she was so fun and
0: who knew right like yeah you were talking about the scene where I bit off the guy's ear and I was so excited to do that because until then Callie had just been kind of like sunshiny saves the day (laughs) not really much going on and then and then I'm like oh yeah this is this is going to be fun, and then continuously exploring all those different aspects of, of her character, and and maybe a little bit of my own in the process.
1: Callie's such a great character because you were kind of sunshiny and cute, and and then all of a <laughs> hey, sudden, happened? all of a sudden they give you these these roles, you know, where you're getting shot, or you're shooting someone, or, you know, you're getting beat up, or you're beating someone up, you know, you turn into this really tough woman, and yet you still, people who first see you will be like, oh, she's so cute. You know?
0: right. Yeah, I think the writers really had fun with that element, the kind of duality of of looking a certain way, but having, having this tough interior kind of, that's what I think is so interesting about it, is if you look, out in the world at people who end up in situations that are very severe or are involved with violence or even having to survive in in tough situations it changes you it changes how you relate and how you see the world so i think having compassion for how that happens and not judging a person for those things but being able to see beyond like wow i can see why you know, Callie ends up in a really bad space. And if we'd met her, then it it would be very, I think, tough to have a lot of sympathy or compassion for where she's at. It's like, she's kind of crazy. But because we're able to see her evolve and what she's been through to bring her to that place, it's like we're all just human doing the best we can. And I think the writers are really amazing at exploring always the humanity behind all the characters.
1: Yeah, I think Callie perfectly tells the story of Battlestar Galactica and how they were going about their regular lives and then they hit this war and they had to change.
2: Well, there was the scene where Callie says that she was going to go to dental school, which really exemplifies just that statement, is that she was going to just, that was going to be her last stop before she goes back to school. And my question was, when you see something like that on the script where it says your character has some history or some part of their past... Do things like that, are they a complete surprise to you, or do the producers ever show you a part of the writer's Bible where you have more of a clue about your character's background, or are you kind of making it up on your own?
0: Yeah, I had no idea about that, and we're often getting all sorts of surprises. I'm not even sure like I would have to find out, but I don't even know for sure that the writers know from the very beginning all those all that backstory of, of the characters, I think it is really a system. You know, they get feedback from watching the actors and watching the show and I think generate ideas from that. And, and sometimes even from what's going on in the news, things will change. I think consciously and subconsciously, they take things in from who we are as actors and and what we do with the characters and the writing that they give us and then kind of feed that back into what they produce next. Cause they're writing the scripts up till the day we shoot. They're constantly changing and evolving. But as an actor, it is, it is interesting certainly to be going along in a certain direction and then get a piece of information that is like, Oh, I didn't even think of that that way. (laughs) I think that Callie and the chief's relationship, however, That was something that I felt was there in the beginning, at least on her end. Whether it came from kind of a a fatherly or kind of some safety feeling, I feel like that was there. But then there are other things where I'm like, weird. And then you just try and work with it the best you can.
2: When you've played the character for that long, are there things that you kind of invent or you think you know the character so well that, again, maybe it might not be in the writer's Bible, but internally you're thinking her favorite book is this and she likes certain things this way or little details like that that never might come out in the story but if they are things that internally you're you as a part of your acting process
0: yeah i do think about those things um mostly just as they relate to what's going on in the script so it's not it's not necessarily relevant to sit and consider what color pajamas she wears (laughs) or something, you know, (laughs) but when there are things going on in the script and I'm really trying to understand what would drive a person to behave in this way, then I'll try and fill in those details. Like, why does she believe this? Why is it so important to uphold these values? What has happened in her life that she feels like she needs to do this? Because what I think is cool about Callie is she's very... If she stands behind what she believes in. Whether we agree with it or not, she's quite strong in that sense.
2: So give us an exclusive. Give us one bit of Callie's background that no one's heard before.
0: <laughs> she wears polka dot pajamas. <laughs> 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 um, geez, it's funny. You can make up whatever you want now. because. <laughs> yeah, I know. Happen. i was just trying to think because it's been... Yeah, it's been like a, a year since I've really been exploring the character. Not that that's that long, and I'm not so senile in my young age. But mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Well, I thought, you know, the episode of The Union, right. where she's very, you know, trying to convince Galen to stand up for what she thinks is right. I think she is a very, what I felt was a similar to a kind of objectivist, Point of view in that, like similar to Ayn Rand. Mm-hmm. So I, I thought maybe she, she likes Ayn Rand and reading, reading those types of books. I don't know if they have those on the Battlestar, but I imagine that that was part of her background. And she likes to understand why people do things and standing up for like what she thinks is just in a non, like religious or mystical way. Mm. But I don't know. I thought of the book Atlas Shrugged when I read that hmm. episode, so I kind of worked that in. And this... she likes puppies. <laughs> <laughs> puppies. <laughs> you wouldn't know it from her tough exterior.
2: Right. <laughs> Imagine the scenes you had to film with the baby were kind of hard, especially that last scene in the launch tube it was really intense. Again, we've mentioned before, but I think acting-wise, I think we all thought that was just terrific, but was it hard Doing that with a toddler in your arms? I mean, if the baby suddenly decides it wants to squeal, and, and did you have to do like takes over again? It must have been hard to like build oh, up yeah. that intensity. Okay. right?
0: Don't get me started. <laughs> that scene was probably the hardest I've ever done. The poor kid was crying the whole time, you know, because how it works on a movie set is not very structured always. It is certainly structured to a degree, but of course they don't always have planned out, like, when they need him and when they don't, and and it would always be his nap time when we'd decide to film his scenes. And he was just miserable, and, and understandably so. I mean, of course, the nature of this scene is pretty intense. Like, I kind of felt bad for him emotionally, like, what it, how it must be affecting him, because I know he doesn't understand, really, what's going on or the words but we had an an intense conflict going on and and my emotional state was very not very positive so I can't imagine that being very fun as a little kid to be around and he was always fine in between takes so I think he just wasn't happy to be there no one was in that scene was really (laughs) happy to be there but like and he's heavy like All emotional stuff aside, it was really hard to hold them for that long. We even had a, we have a dummy baby that I wish I could show you because it's the creepiest thing you've ever seen in your life. It's got this weird hair glued on its head and it, they made it to feel like skin and stuff. So it's kind of like squishy and weird. Anyway, so I use that some of the time, but it's also very bendy. So sometimes you should have seen people's reactions that they didn't know was the dummy, and it would just kind of bend backwards out of my arms. <laughs> it would just freak people out totally. But that was even heavier because, you know, how babies can kind of wrap around you and they help at least a little bit while you're holding on to them? Mm-hmm. But this dummy baby was just dead weight. So we were trying to create this contraption that it would be, like, attached to me with, I don't know, fabric and it was complicated. I think it must have taken most of the day to film that scene, not to mention all the emotional and and acting states that I was, was there to do. So it was tough but man, that kid's a trooper. Like I think in the end he did a great job and I hope he's not scared of
2: people <laughs> <Scarred laughs> from
0: now on and like whatever, video cameras and things like that. <laughs>
1: So you say it's been a year since you were filming. Have you had any projects lined up? you have anything coming up in the future?
0: Yeah, I haven't been working so much on acting. I've been kind of working with some friends on other projects, but now I'm starting to look. And also with the writer strike, obviously things slowed down. There were a handful of pilots that were cast this season. so So now I'm looking more into maybe doing some films or some guest stars on shows that I like. I'm not I haven't decided if I really want to commit to another T V show, you know, Mm -hmm. that can go a long time. But I'm doing a business with my friend Allison Mack from Smallville Mm -hmm. that is is evolving. It's been an interesting process because I was thinking about the difference of what we're trying to do and what I've done with acting and stuff. But as an actor when you there's a very creative Element. And certainly, like, I've worked hard doing what I do, but it's different when you are managing the whole process. Like, when I go to work, I've got my part done, but everything else is taken care of. But when you're starting something yourself, it's like you have to think of everything and learn to really work with people and, and learn how to hold them accountable. And I don't really like that. I don't like to, like, follow up with people and keep <laughs> telling them to do stuff, I guess, because, I don't know, I got... I felt like that was getting in trouble when I was a kid, or something like that. <laughs> but but it's been really cool, and I it's really important to me to keep growing in in other areas and learn new things. So,
1: so this business with Allison yeah. is that the uh, website that's geared towards college students? Yeah, yeah, and it, it it's
0: not. I mean it started out as an online thing and that will be certainly a main component but we really want to bring the humanity back into social networking and and all the resources that are out there because I think that I think technology is in such an incredible place and really we can use it to do such amazing things but I don't know that that's the way it's headed in a lot of ways we're isolating ourselves from Our relationships, and from other people, and even from ourselves, Mm -hmm. when it could be used for the opposite. So we want to we want to connect people. We also want to. We'll be partnering up with businesses to provide discounts to students, so they have more resources and hopefully more time to think and be more introspective about what they want to do with their lives. Because you know, I think we some of us get. Stuck in this sort of machine or look to just the next thing that we think will make us happy instead of really evaluating what we want our lives to be about. And I think college is such a perfect place to be exploring those things but has not necessarily been upheld in, in the state that colleges and universities are today. So that's the general idea, and we've met some amazing people so we keep having different ideas coming together, and being like, "Oh wait, maybe we can do it this way or this way," and uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. The company's called TenC. Okay. But we don't want to put anything up until it's good to really go. Really happening, yeah. but yeah, exactly. <laughs> but both of us have websites that we write. You know, have our blogs and stuff, so people can certainly stay updated that way.
1: Yeah, you're very big into the blogging. How's that going? Yeah, it's really fun. I like it. I think it's so many people
0: seemed interested in, in internet land of, about speculating, you know, about my character or what I like and things like that. And I love to write. And, and so I was like, oh, it would be really cool if I just, you know, really say what what I'm like or what I think about. And it's just, it's been a good exercise for me just to put things out there and and see how powerful it actually is
1: what we do. I think I that's think becoming cool. more more prevalent with a lot of actors. Instead of just having that generic, this is my official site, they're actually getting out there and interacting with their fans. And I think yeah. that's a good thing. Me too. It's fun. So what would be your dream acting job? We had spoken to Aaron Douglas, and he had mentioned he wanted to do a World War II movie. Is there a specific genre that you would absolutely love to work in? I was actually
0: thinking about this recently, and I think my dream job, if Tim Burton were to do Alice in Wonderland, Ooh! I would want to play Alice. Don't you think that'd be so cool? Definitely. Yeah,
1: definitely. I would yeah. love to see that. You'd be a good Alice too, especially in a Tim Burton <laughs> <Thank> movie. <you. laughs> right? I know. I think that'd be awesome. So All right. We'll start petitioning yeah. him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, perfect. Let me know how it goes. <laughs> so, and I've also noticed that you've been attending a lot more conventions lately. Yeah, they kind of
0: come in um, in um groups, it seems. Or at least I was going over to Germany for FedCon, and then the person who was doing the one in England was like, oh, since you're over here, you should do this one. So that worked out really well. And then at the end of the year, I'm doing three. Oh, really? Which, so, which ones? Let's see. Creation, which is in Burbank, Mm -hmm. and Volcon, which is in Florida. That's at the end of October. And then I'm going back to England in, in December.
1: So what is it about the conventions that you like?
0: I think they're so fun. There's so many things. I love getting to see all the other actors from my show and catching up. And we get to spend even more quality time together than we do normally at work. So it's really nice getting to hang out in that environment. And and it's kind of like a holiday or like summer camp, you know, <laughs> we're all staying at this hotel together and do stuff. It's, it's really fun. And then getting to meet the fans and hear what they have to say, what questions they have. I always find it really enlightening just to hear one, how our show affects people and the questions that they consider in watching it, I think is a testament to the depths that the writers go to in the show. And I love exploring those ideas with people. And really, they're just fun. I mean, I think it's such a special opportunity to be able to do what we do, but then to really go out there and meet the people who allow that to happen and make our jobs possible. It's
1: It's very cool. So, have you gotten any crazy questions from fans that kind of caught you off guard?
0: Yeah, when I was in Germany, they asked me if I'd seen Jamie Bamber naked. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently it was an ongoing theme. I wasn't necessarily singled out. Okay. (laughs) Um, I told them I I'd work on it because you know in Germany they like saunas and baths and they don't generally wear clothes. So, (laughs) but I I am tired of report. I failed in my mission.
1: (laughs) Well, I guess that's it from us. I mean, we just want to thank you for calling in. We really appreciate you sitting down and talking. For sure. How do you know I'm sitting? (laughs) <laughs> I'm sick <psychic.
0: laughs> I just assumed <laughs> I am sitting the just, video on your phone
2: right. is on we've been recording it the whole time oh
0: no <laughs> <laughs> you don't know where I'm sitting
2: uh, oh. <laughs> so once again we just want to thank Nikki Klein for chatting with us today we really appreciate it we also want to mention that she has a website NikkiKlein.com where she has that blog we were talking about And she has several cons that are coming up this fall. We'll post those links in the show notes. You can also catch some of our previous interviews that we've done. We had an interview with James Callis. That was in episode number 35. We interviewed Aaron Douglas in episode number 23. We talked with Alex Ponovic, who had a role as Sergeant Fisher on the show and also did fight coordinating on the show. That was episode number 32. Like I said, we will get to our regular program next time when we do some voicemails, emails, and discussion of the new Battlestar episode. In the meantime, you can contact us at our email address, gquorum at gmail.com, and our voicemail, 206-350-6756. The jump clock is running. We'll see you next time.
1: Bye-bye.
0: Actually, I was waiting a few minutes because I I just drank a big glass of juice and gave myself the hiccups. So I'm like, okay, (laughs) (laughs) I can't call them until I don't have the hiccups anymore. (laughs) (laughs) But I think we're safe now.
1: Oh, that's good.